I'm Ruth Mortimer, Managing Director for Global Education at Advertising Week, and I'm Joey Leichman, VP of Buyer Development at OpenX, and you're listening to the Agency Roadshow. Today we're meeting Jen Scheel, EVP, Head of Programmatic at Dentsu International. At one point, Jen mentions a trip she is taking to New York for some 2022 planning. And Ruth, I think we both thought that maybe there was more to it than what she was letting on. I don't think we ever got her to crack, but I think we still suspect something more was happening there. And funnily enough, I originally met Jen when both of us were at Publicis. And I don't know that I was always the most polite person at the time, but Jen always was. So first of all, extremely excited to have her on to speak today. And I definitely owe her two beers, one to make up for any behavior I may have had in the past and the other for agreeing to join us today. Great. Well, I think now, Joey, you're an extremely polite man, so things came good. Let me welcome Jen Shiel, EVP, Head of Programmatic at Dentsu International. Hi, Jen. Hello, Ruth. Hi, Joey. I'm excited to be here and thank you for that kind welcome. Fabulous. Well, why don't we start off hearing a bit more about you? Would you tell us a bit more about yourself and your role at Dentsu? Sure. So over the past year, Dentsu underwent a transformation and all of our agencies now sit within a single media service line with individual skilled service leaders like myself. As Ruth mentioned, I had programmatic in the U.S. for Dentsu Media, and my day ranges from helping with new business pitches to developing new strategic approaches to programmatic and partnerships with our SSPs, such as OpenX. It's a really dynamic position, and I'm incredibly excited to be here and share with you all. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like a very exciting role, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about you before you got there. You've had an incredible career, and could we have the kind of 122nd version of what you've done up till now? Absolutely. Going back a few years, just a few, I started my career as a media buyer for a private company. And I realized pretty quickly that I, you know, the private space might not have been exactly for me, but I loved media buying and I loved the idea of developing a strategic approach and negotiating and eventually activating the campaigns. So I then moved into a sales and account management position at a publisher, which is a really exciting way to grow as you start to be on the receiving end and helping clients to craft their media and marketing messages. That took me to my first job in programmatic, which was amazing. I kickstarted my career at Publicis Media in their Detroit office. And I have never left Detroit. (laughs) After Publicis, I moved over to lead Amnet for one of their largest advertisers, General Motors. And I spent six years working on that client. And then I moved into this position overseeing programmatic for all of Dentsu. Fantastic. Well, I'm not sure I believe your CV totally, Jen, because I have looked at your photo and you look far too young (laughs) to have that excellent CV behind you, but I'm going to accept it for now. You've obviously had a great run at Dentsu, but for anyone who isn't familiar, could you tell us, you mentioned how it had evolved. Could you tell us a little bit about how both Dentsu and your role have evolved while you've been there? Sure. So over the past year or so, 
Dentsu has undergone a transformation. Instead of separate agencies all supporting clients in very distinct ways, we've organized ourselves as a media service line. So there are three client centers, and those are the forward-facing agencies of Kara, DensuX, and iProspect. And I sit within the center as a more centralized service for the broader team, overseeing the programmatic experts across all of those clients that are held within our client centers. So it's quite a different approach, and it's certainly been an exciting run as we as we work to integrate the ways of working from very distinct and unique areas as we try to move forward as one. Fantastic. And now we've covered a little bit of your past. I'm going to hand over to Joey to cover a little bit of the present and the future. Jen, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to speak with you. Likewise, Joey. And now it's going to get hard. So everyone buckle in, let's have a coffee. Jen, you've already mentioned the word center a couple of times, which I think is very apropos. As you may know better than almost anyone else or most other people, when you look at agencies, holding companies, they've gone through several cycles of spinning up trading desks, then decentralizing, and then disbanding the trading desks, and then maybe even spinning something back up and on and on and on, it seems like forever. You were at Viviki on the Publicis side, and then of course at Amnet, now you're Dentsu. So I think the first million dollar question for you is, in your view, what is the right way to operate a programmatic practice? And maybe what are some of the benefits and drawbacks of having a centralized buying approach versus the more federated distributed approach? Yeah, so this is a good one, Joey. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're starting off tough. So I certainly see some extreme benefits for clients as you think about a centralized approach. One, you have the ability to command the best pricing across SSPs and DSPs. As you think about more consolidated buying power approach, I certainly think that there are benefits to clients when you think about ways of working and perhaps not recreating the wheel over and over again. That doesn't include sharing of client data or anything sensitive. It's just, oh, OpenX can support us in this way to develop a partnership. And how can we deploy that for several clients as opposed to a single one within a client center? I would say some drawbacks that we've at least seen in our evolution, I think it takes a moment for everyone to get centered around what the mission is and all the resources that they can leverage. We have communication tools that weren't available to us before. And I think those take a minute for everyone to get acclimated to. But I would say that's been something I've noticed has been a little slower than I had expected. Would you say there are concerns on the client side? Of course, even if they're unfounded about things like data leakage or anything else inappropriate that maybe makes some people say like, hey, I'd rather not have a centralized team servicing me. I don't think that there are client concerns today. It's certainly something competitive separation is a very real and expected and sometimes legally binding expectation. And we can absolutely accommodate that. Switching gears a little bit. So when you think about tech partners, whether it's a DSP or an SSP or any of the other folks that you go out and do deals with, what is most important to you? And I guess you could take that in any direction that you like. And then the the second part of that is what's most important to you, something that's changed or evolved versus what you would have maybe said, I don't know, three years ago. 
I certainly think what's important to us has evolved. Certainly over the past three years, we've had the ability for programmatic to mature. And I think with that maturity comes new and and greater expectations. Across our supply partnerships, we're looking for far greater transparency, far better access if possible. And perhaps even as we talk about scale, commanding preferential pricing to create more engaging solutions for our clients. That absolutely makes sense. And I think transparency through pricing and then clarity on that pricing is something that we've heard a ton about in the market. Has that been something that's been easily attainable for you at Dentsu or has it been more of a challenge than you expected? I would say it's a journey that we're on. And we're not at the finish line of, you know, the level of transparency that I think our clients and we ourselves would like to hold up to, but it's definitely been something what we feel like leading in this space. And and we're certainly feeling as though we're getting reciprocal responses from our partners. Thank you for that. And you mentioned also that more is expected now of programmatic. I certainly agree with you. I I think that's true. Over the past year and a half or so, things have, of course, been very challenging. Personally, professionally, there's a lot that we can talk about on that topic. But one thing that became a huge talking point, I think at some point last year, is that as COVID raged and lasted longer than any of us expected it to, the, the general thinking was that programmatic proved itself to be more nimble, more valuable than other channels. And maybe some marketers who weren't completely bought in became bought in because they saw that they could they could quickly get things live, pull things down in a way that they couldn't with other channels. So I guess question one is, do you agree with that? And whether you do or you don't, I think question two is, what have you heard from clients on that? Like, What is their thinking around programmatic versus other channels? So, I mean, you said it so eloquently, the nimbleness of programmatic as a means of activation has really created some opportunities for clients and certainly for me and, and Dentsu as a whole to be able to quickly allocate and, and optimize. I think our clients are leaning into programmatic as a means of activation. And we've certainly seen continued interest in more evolving channels like CTV, audio. There's lots of newer opportunities that I think, quite frankly, the last year and a half or so's journey that we've been on have helped us to create, right? There's more engaging opportunities. Programmatic isn't necessarily only thought of as open bidding, open exchange type activations. On a different note, has COVID or what we've all gone through the last year and a half and the new way that we were, has it affected the type of talent that you recruit for or how you hire, how you think about staffing teams, or has that not really changed over the past year and a half? No, I would say it has evolved. I am proud to say that we have a flexible workplace um, and we're no longer tied to some of the legacy locations of where we were previously able to play. So that's been a huge opportunity for individuals who perhaps want to live in the deep South or team members who are looking to join Dentsu who perhaps live in Montana. And there's not a lot of people in Montana, but if someone has programmatic experience, I will hire them. (laughs) Uh, And have you seen a lot of candidates come in from locations that you previously weren't able to consider? Yes. And I think some of that is perhaps a migration, right? Perhaps those individuals had trained and worked in larger metropolitan areas 
and have since moved because they're looking for a certain lifestyle that quite frankly might not be affordable in some of those other locations. Hiring and staffing is certainly something I spend a, a lot of my time on in crafting the right team and creating the right personalities that are going to really excel you know, the work for a client. So it's something near and dear to my heart. What are you hearing from your staff? You mentioned that you have a flexible working arrangement now. Do do you think that that's what people want? Do you feel an appetite to get back into the office more? Do people just want to stay home forever? What are you feeling there? Uh, Joey, quite frankly, I think we have a camp that sits in every one of those buckets. (laughs) (laughs) And I think Dentsu as a whole has identified that the future of work is flexible. In certain locations, we might ask that our team members come into the office one or two days a week. You know, if they're, like I said, in a co-located to an office location, right? If someone's remote, they're remote. And perhaps as business travel starts to become more normalized again, we may see those individuals fly into offices or locations to meet with clients, perhaps. I don't know that I will see a business travel return quite to the level that we used to have, because I think we've all grown far more accustomed to the virtual opportunities that can be afforded. So I think it's a lot of things, Joey. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, definitely. If you can make the decision all on your own, what would be your preference? I'm comfortable with the ability for things to be flexible. Certainly, I'm located in Detroit. That's probably not the location that you would think the head of programmatic for a major media agency would be located. Uh, (laughs) So quite frankly, I'm the poster child for flexibility. But like I said, I'm willing to travel to New York. I actually have my first business trip, guys. Oh, excited. Oh, I know. It's one night in New York City. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) That is very exciting. Is that obviously there's going to be some stuff maybe you can't share, but is is that a new business thing? Is that an internal thing? It's actually an internal 2022 planning session. So it's incredibly timely and not a large commitment, right? And it was totally optional as to whether or not I wanted to participate. I thrive on human connection. And I feel like I've lost a little bit of that connecting with all of my human friends over Zoom. Like, I just want to hug people, which maybe everyone's not ready for. I think we're going to all have to reevaluate the handshake, the hug, the whatever it is. People are going to have different comfort levels, but I completely get what you're saying. And then one final thing for you, and then we can maybe wrap up this section of the questioning. But one of the things that you oversee, as you mentioned, is partnerships, whether it's with a DSP or an SSP, you're looking after large enterprise agreements with large enterprise companies. You can take this in any direction you want, but what are maybe like two or three top of mind things for you that you've learned as you've done those partnerships or things that have surprised you as you've gotten those agreements in place? I guess one of the first things, and this is probably surprising, not surprising, is the length of time it takes to craft, create, and then deploy those agreements. Once you've developed a strategic approach with a partner, you know, there are legal groups that end up being involved. And I think my expectations of just getting stuff done have been tempered a bit as I try to put my patient's pants on for, you know, getting partnerships through the door. I would say another learning or observation is how excited partners are when you have the opportunity to work in a deeper way. And that excitement, I feed off of that. So that's been fantastic. That's awesome. Very glad to hear it. Ruth, 
Shall we keep the heat on and move to the rapid fire section? Yes, excellent. And I enjoyed, Joey, how you tried to find out what Jen was doing in New York. Yeah. <laughs> you gave her some options. There's some scandal, Jen. She said, no, bad luck, Joey. I'm not going to tell you. So, <laughs> we're going to do our best to quiz her anyway with a few rapid fire questions about you, yourself, Jen, your thoughts about the future in the industry. Let's start off with what keeps you up at night, not just your children and potentially your dog, but work edition. What single thing are you most anxious about? Talent retention and talent acquisition. Perfect. Although I think you'll have no trouble with your great times out in New York, which you won't share with uh, me or Joey. We know we know something good is going on there. We're sure of it now. But conversely, not anxiety, but what are you most excited about, whether it's a piece of tech, a product, something you're working on? What are you most excited about right now? I am most excited about the notion that cookies are going away and how our industry is at the uh, precipitous of a, an immense change, right? I don't want to liken it necessarily to the industrial revolution, but I think we're on the we're on the brink of something different and, and hopefully something fantastic for brands and their ability to communicate with humans. I think we should liken it to the industrial revolution. <laughs> I think marketing has nothing if it doesn't go for the kind of big kind of predictions. So I like that idea. We've talked a bit about how life has changed over the past one to two years. How do you think it's going to change over the next one to two? Ooh, this is a good one. I think we're going to see the reemergence of in-person, right? Like I said, that's going to be, at least for our organization, far more flexible than it ever was before. But I'm kind of excited to pop down to the Detroit office, which thrives and runs our General Motors account, and just be able to experience, like I said, human connection. I'm very hopeful that we will continue to see more of that, perhaps less Zoom meetings, which I think everyone can appreciate. So that's my prediction. If I could take us back, I'm, I'm impressed and I'm a little surprised that the death of or traditional third-party identifiers like cookies made it into your excitement category <laughs> as opposed to your anxiety category. Very impressed. But I'm curious if you could give us like 10 more seconds on that and why it excites you as opposed to worries you. So I believe that we have an amazing amount of brilliant minds within our industry that, and that we have enough, I guess, chutzpah behind the need to, to solve, right? Like we, we don't have the option to continue to do things the same way that we've been doing them. I think we've seen an emergence of people-based platforms, and I certainly feel like that is the future. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for us to turn the corner. Now, do I want that to happen any sooner than it appears Google has announced it will happen? No, but it is certainly not something that is keeping me up at night today. Excellent. So what kind of advice then, Jen, would you give someone who is just coming into the agency business or hoping to get their first agency job? What advice would you give them based on your career so far? I would encourage them to take every opportunity that is presented to them. I think some of the things I learned very early on were that being flexible and organized um, and nimble really allowed you to thrive in a way in which you could just absorb tons of information and then create great work from that. I would encourage them to ask questions and to take notes, not take notes like you do in college, but take notes like step one is X, step two is Y, because one thing we've definitely noticed as we've been recruiting and 
bringing on, you know, fantastic new talent into the industry is that it's really critical for them to understand those basics in order to thrive later on. So those, those would be my pieces of advice. I think some very sound advice there. And thank you, Jen. I'm going to hand back over to Joey in a minute to wrap up from his side. But certainly I've learned a lot from talking to you, particularly about the need for flexibility, about how agency life is going to change over the next couple of years, and really about seizing those opportunities like the end of cookies. And it's so refreshing, as Joey said, to hear somebody talk about that as a real opportunity and the excitement we all feel about when things are going to change and something new lies ahead. But I like the way also you left us with some mystery, especially about what are you doing in New York? (laughs) We potentially will never know this, but we do know that you have seized every opportunity so far in your career. So it's going to be good. Joey, anything else to add? I have nothing to add. I'm just going to starting tomorrow and through maybe the next three weeks, I'm just going to head into Midtown. I'm going to try to figure out what Jen's doing, where she is. And if there's an opportunity to buy her a beer, that's what I'm going to do. But in all seriousness, Jen, we appreciate your time so much. We appreciate your expertise and your insights even more. We appreciate you joining us and hope to speak to you soon. Fantastic. I can't wait to maybe see you in New York soon. (laughs) Fantastic. We brought a whole new meaning, Joey, to tracking. (laughs) Not online, but personal tracking. Yeah, this is the this is the post cookie solution. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys. I appreciate your time and certainly all of your rapid fire questions. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been the Agency Roadshow. You can find us at your favorite podcast store where we'd appreciate you sharing with your colleagues. And if you have a minute, a kind review.